All right, it's Chris Ryan from Tell the Damn Story, and we are at the Deadly Inc. Writers Conference in Central Jersey, and I am here with Art Taylor, who's both a uh, college creative writing professor and an author himself. Hi, Art. How you doing? Hi, thanks for having me on. I appreciate this. Well, we appreciate having you here. Um, can we talk about uh, your teaching a little bit? What do you teach? Um, I teach at George Mason University. That's in Northern Virginia, Fairfax, Virginia, right outside of D.C. Uh, I teach a variety of courses, um, uh, creative writing workshops, both in fiction and in creative nonfiction. Uh, and then I teach literature classes primarily focused in uh, crime fiction. Uh, so uh, I've taught a, a Sherlock Holmes class before. I've taught one five killer crime novels. Um, so a, a little bit of, of mystery in all those and uh, been very popular classes. Fantastic. I will, um, full disclosure, I will tell you that I we do the podcast, my, I do it with a friend of mine, Alex Simmons, the creator of Blackjack. Um, but he also is the writer of a play called uh, Sherlock Holmes in the Hands of Othello. Oh, nice. And it's been produced um, fairly regularly over the last several years. So it might be something that I'll have to send you a copy of. I'll look forward to seeing it. Good stuff. All yeah. right. So speaking of writing. Okay. Let's talk. And I'm, uh, we're going to get back to the classes a little bit when we That's talk fine. about how, you know, how to write. Um, you've written a book called On the Road. Oh, sorry. We have to go before that. Before that. Okay. You have um, a track record with um, uh, a certain magazine. Yeah, Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. Started yep. with your um, your childhood experience uh, trying to sell magazines, right? Right. Yes. Uh, one of those <laughs> those fundraisers for um, uh, you know your your middle school, junior high school it was at, at the time, um, and uh, and they. Uh, they had us go door to door trying to sell some magazines. So I was like, okay, uh, how'd you I, do? Do that? I did really badly. I think I may have <laughs> sold my parents something that they were already subscribing to, you right, know, right, something right. like that. But I did subscribe to Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine myself as I was looking through all the magazines. I was like, that caught my eye. I love mysteries already. I was reading Nancy Drew, The Three Investigators, and sure. so this was it was kind of my first introduction to adult mysteries. I was I was 10, 11 years old. What was the impact of Valerie Queen magazine, mystery magazine, on you? Well, you know, at the time it was just it was just fun. You know, I got it and I felt like this was was uh, you know a whole new world of mystery. But it's interesting now, um, going back and rereading the writers now that I read then, like Hugh Pentecost, uh, Stanley Allen, uh, you know, Ed Hoke, who obviously was in every issue of, of Ellery Queen at that time, and to see the ways in which I'm certainly not putting myself in their level, but I recognize that some of the things that I do in my writing, apparently I learned just from like having read those things right. as a youth. It, it just it just got into my system somehow, and I'm echoing those things myself in my own writing. Um, didn't necessarily model myself on that at the time, but, but you can't help but absorb, right? Exactly, and, you absorb and, it. And and it's kind of feeding the muse and then it it comes out in a certain way sure right? yeah. so um but that was my love of short stories you know it's like short story was what i read not exclusively but there's something about that that has always stayed with me i valued that and that has sort of helped me to write short stories as well and where have some of those short stories shown up you know i've had uh work in ellery queen's mystery magazine um i was in a you know they just started black cat mystery magazine is a new one i had a, a story in the debut issue of that oh, i've had currently yep um cool. that was about it uh gosh last fall i guess it was um and um and i've been in several anthologies as well uh you know sisters in crime uh the local uh, chapter sisters in crime puts out anthologies i've contributed to those recently 
um, other anthologies out there, just really wherever it will take me. Uh, now, Ellery Queen, you started in the... Department of First Stories. Department yeah. of First Stories. Famous uh, uh, launching pad for many writers. You know, at the time, I didn't recognize it. Um, I mean, I was happy to be in there. They uh, uh, sent a story in. They called up and said, have you been published before? And, and th that conversation, I was eligible and, and put me in there. Recently, Ellery Queen cel uh, celebrated its 75th anniversary. And as part of that, that year-long celebration, uh, great historian of mystery Marvin Lackman published a piece on the Department of First Stories. It was only reading that that I realized that Richard Link, right. um, oh, excuse me, William Link and Richard there. Levinson had appeared there, Stanley Allen, David Morrell, you know, who wrote sure, Rambo, sure. his first publication was in the same series. And so I'm looking back over this long tradition of Ellery Queen having... That Asian restaurant. Uh, <laughs> long tradition of, of, of distinguished names haven't appeared there and I was like whoa I'm in good company if only I can live up to you know someday live up to, to well, what the, they've achieved there's a, a kind of a, a, a nice um, pat on the back for you with the current issue or the upcoming issue correct? yeah the July August issue of Ellery Queen I've, I've had my name on the cover before which I, was, was like a milestone in itself right. um, but this the new one arrived and uh, there are four names on the cover and mine's on the top uh, and so it's like Wow, how did I do that? And what's interesting is Peter Lovesy, who just last year won Grand Master at Mystery Writers of America, mm -hmm. he's third on the list. Well, so I'm like, I'm going to give him a hard time when know, I see him. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if he so, keeps working, you if, know. If only, you know. <laughs> Come on, always got to improve. Exactly. Um, so let's move to what I started to mention right. before was uh, your book, On the Road, with Dell and Louise, a novel in stories. Yes. Okay, yeah. so first, um, it's got some honors, right? Yes? Um, it was very fortunate with the attention that some folks in the mystery community gave it. It won the Agatha Award for Best First Novel. It was also nominated for both the Anthony Award for Best First uh, and the McCavity Award for Best First. I did not win either of those, but just being in that company at all company, sure. was a thrill. So um, it's an odd book. The novel and stories, um, it's, it is not a, a traditionally... Um, structured uh, mystery novel. So you use odd, I would use unique. Okay, I appreciate uh, that. Um, yeah. Because it, I think that um, this s subtitle, A Novel in Stories, is fascinating. Oh. Um, tell us about it. Um, well, it, you know, I, I'm a short story writer primarily. The first of the stories uh, that was that is in the book is, okay, I'll back up a second, give you the structure and then the background. Um, it is six stories, all featuring the title characters Dell and Louise. Dell is a small-time crook. Louise is his girlfriend and the narrator of the stories. And Dell is trying to go straight. So the first story, which is called Rearview Mirror, um, is about a, a one final heist at an art gallery in uh, Taos, New Mexico. And then he's going to go straight. He has earned a degree, um, and he's going to try to go into business. Um, and I wrote that story not ever thinking that these characters had anything beyond this. It is a complete story. It's published in Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I wonder what happens next for these two after the events of this mm -hmm. story. And so I ended up tinkering with a second story. And then as I was working on that, I started thinking about their longer journey. So, um, so the novel uh, has these six stories, each of which has its own sort of character. And I try to play with a couple of things, one with tone, the other with uh, well, place obviously is a, is a road trip story, um, but also with the subgenres of mystery. So we've got, um, if we look at the adventures they have, there's the 
the art gallery robbery in Taos, New Mexico. There is a real estate scam in Victorville, um, California. There is a wine heist or attempted wine heist in Napa Valley. There is a a uh, holdup at a, a, a wedding chapel in Las Vegas. You see where you know we're going. We got different things there, but the one in in uh, um, Napa Valley, for example, is sort of a funny story in many ways. Um, it's a caper tale, um, and uh, but by the time we get to South Dakota, uh, in the winter in South Dakota, Badlands. It's uh, no, no, um, no. It's, it was in the in all the oil and the fracking industry sure, there. Sure. You know, this this was, it was like like an economic boom going on, and and Dell gets involved with that. But that story is dark. Um, that's uh, you know domestic expense edging toward noir right. and by the time we reach the final story in this our, 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 our small-time crooks have become detectives uh, or, or amateur detectives in the final story which is a more traditionally paced detective tale right. um, so I'm, I'm, I'm playing with tone and that was was very satisfying to me to sort of like you know stretch some muscles in different directions with each story but try to hold it all together with one narrative arc which is this couple, where are they going? What does their future hold? Um, and how does their past continue to creep up on them, catch up with them? It's interesting that uh, you mentioned in the first story, you know, uh, Dell is thinking that he's going to go straight. Right. And through the process of these different stories, he does, but not in the in the way he's intended. Not at all. He, there are times when he feels like he's uh, he's going to get pulled back in. Times when he's voluntarily pulled back in. Times when he's like, and and one of the things they struggle with talk about the past. One of the things that Louise especially struggles with is um, is this larger idea, not of, of of fate, not and not strictly of karma, but the sense that what you do defines who you are. And you know, so is their future in some way defined by what they've done in the past that they can't escape. And that's one of the things is, is grappling with as well, not just how to make money in this moment, that's part of it, but also like, you know, we, we live in this world, we have responsibilities to one another, we have responsibilities to ourselves, and who's the person we want to be? So there's, I'm not going to... Aristotle, you are what you do most often. Right? right, yeah. I don't want to be too existential about it, but that's kind of that's kind of part of what connects all the stories together, yeah. um, even as each of them has its own identity. So, um, to talk for a second about... Um, your process in in doing this book. Sure. I do want to get back to uh, your academic process. Yep. But in in once you you recognize that th there was more for you to, you know, the, these two characters were were not leaving you. And right. They were calling to you to write more. Right. Right. Um, did you? Did you write each one organically, not knowing where it's going, or did you have an end point for where you wanted to leave them at the end of this collection? Sure, um, good question. You know, when I again when I wrote the first story, I had had no clue that anything was going to come beyond that, and it actually took several years um, before a couple of years, I'd say, before I started really thinking about it and working toward that next one. Um, once that happened, um, about the same time that a publisher approached me and said, said, we like your work, do you have a, a manuscript for us to consider? And I said, I don't, but I do have these characters. And so it was, was talking to them and having somebody interested in the longer story, as well as my percolating on additional stories that kind of accelerated the whole process. Um, so all of a sudden I was focused. I did know where I wanted them to end up at the end. Um, in terms of this road trip journey um, uh, around the U.S., and that is in Louise's home state, my own home state of North Carolina. So I knew that destination. What was going to happen to them along the way was still something I needed to figure out, and that was part of pacing that longer journey. 
What's interesting is, having written the first story without any sense of anything beyond the seeds for things that were going to happen in the last story, I found by coming back to the first one. Um, so it was like, you know, without without planning it, um, I kind of listened to my own work and seeing where it was going to take me. And that was a, a, a revelation to me, too. It, you know, I, I find it's about doing the work. Mm-hmm. And then that, that will, you can't expect the rewards, but they'll you know, they'll be there for you. Yeah, you know? hopefully, yeah. Um, I, my first novel was City of the Woe, and I had these two mm-hmm. detectives, and, and um, I was surprised to see uh, a couple, not many, but a couple of the reviews saying, I wish we knew more about these two before. Uh, yeah. And I had written uh, two short stories. One wound up in Crime and Suspense, no, they don't exist anymore. And the other one in hard-boiled, the hard-boiled from back then, there's another hard-boiled now. Okay. Um, so I had those, and I said, well, if I add to those a couple more stories, sure. I can do a prequel, but where does it start, and where does it end? Right, yeah. So I started thinking of it as season one, like an HBO season one, right? So the first one only has one of the characters, and the yeah. second story is them meeting okay and it's based on a my brother's police my i come from family cops but it was some crazy story he told great place to meet but i knew where it was going at the end yep they had to be in emotional position to go on that journey of city of woe so it was fascinating to see right you know what i could do and all that sort of stuff so like you're saying the you do the work, and then you you find the seeds for future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how do you write? Are you a morning person, uh, afternoon, evening? What do you, what do you got to do? I write very messily, um, and um, you know I've I've have tried in in uh, at, at times in the past to be a person who writes a certain number of words a day. The old Graham Greene write 500 words a day, and you're gonna um, or to write a certain number of hours a day, and it doesn't really work for me. Um, in in part because of talking about teaching, you know, during the school year. You know, the, the teaching schedule, the prep, the grading seems to take precedence. I can't always fit sure. in the time with that. And also we have a, a – my wife and I have a six-year-old son uh, who, we you know, we take parenting very seriously. So uh, – but he is one of the reasons why I've learned what my process is now. You know, but watching when him, he's awake, you can't say I'm writing. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's hard to do. Right. But I also when I watched him, you know, when he was, uh, was about 10 months, learned to walk and um, – and he struggled to take that first step and then, you know, to get a second step. And I, I watched him and he worked hard at it. And like one step was important and that mm-hmm. second step was important and he eventually got where he's going. So I, I try to at least check in on my work every day if I can, even if it's not, if, you know, some days I'm writing several pages, a scene, um, whatever. Other days it's just making a note, making a line, making some, jotting something down somehow you'll get where you're going. I always have the phone for that little notepad. Oh, yeah. And index cards. I prefer index cards because then you can get up before everyone is up and, you know, a nice cup of tea and the floor. Like spread spread them them all out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, are you a planner or you're not quite even a pantser. You seem almost like um, Jason Pollock. You know, you write a scene, you're not sure where it goes, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Jason Bollock, School of Writing. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of just feel my way through. Uh, I, I get an idea, and it sort of goes from there. So it is, you know, to go back to paintings, it's the idea of, you know, I sketch a little bit, can erase some, can uh, can then fill something in. 
Um, I don't always start writing in the beginning of a story, um, but eventually it, 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 it kind of comes together. So it's jigsaw a, puzzle? A little bit of a jigsaw puzzle. That's fascinating. Yeah, That's fascinating. Um, and it's only until the the end that it all that it all comes into into place. Do you believe in rewrite? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's where where most of it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, revision is where it all works. Uh, I was at a um, what was it uh, screenwriter's boot camp. Okay. Uh, the one thing I remember, God bless him, I had to give credit where it's due, was uh, the secret to writing is rewriting. Yes. And I believe that. Bring it to my heart. Yeah. yeah. I still believe that. Um, are you? Um, do you find that your academic mm-hmm. experience informs your writing? It like, does. Do you practice what you preach, or do you learn more by teaching the kids? Well, you know, uh, adults. I'm sorry, they're college. They are. Yes, <laughs> um, it's it, it's true. Um, you know, partly seeing their enthusiasm about their work, you know, translates into my enthusiasm. I don't know that I could could always do the things that I assign them to do on deadline. You know, they have to work really quickly on things. But you know, talking to them about about uh, how to shape character, about how to sharpen prose, about about plot points, reminds me of things to look for in my own writing. Um, and uh, and so it, it it keeps me on my game. Um, and thinking about uh, you know the structure of a short story, sort of uh, academically, by which I mean stretching back to think about the history of the short story and developments of it, you know, has given me a broader perspective on on the form itself. Um, and so I, I, I think that all that contributes to, uh, you know, to, to my writing on a day-to-day basis. I was in your workshop yesterday, and you um, repeatedly referenced a, a couple of um, fiction, uh, um, I guess you'd say, how-to books. Right. Could you give uh, our listeners one or two uh, recommendations? Sure. Um, and, and there's actually one that I didn't talk about yesterday that I would recommend pretty highly, um, which we'll is take that. yeah, Madison Smart Bell. Um, narrative design is one that I actually use in my own classrooms, and I love that book because he's got a mix of of like published, well-known writers, uh, and also students manuscripts from his his own student workshops and he takes and analyzes those and looks at how the structure works and does a line by line analysis of here's what's happening at this line here's what's happening here what is going on there um, in ways that you can uh, you can can see how a story is put together so I think it's really good um, I mentioned also uh, Janet Burway's writing fiction which I think is uh, is a, a favorite too but there's and that's that's a more conventional textbook that you see in a lot of classrooms but you, you can also have one that might not find its way in a college classroom like Dwight Swain's Techniques of a Selling Writer which is terrific and and he had great success and so we're seeing a you know somebody who who was a, a master of the form talking about, about what he's um, you know how he works and, and how he thinks about structure and I think that that those uh, you know those three together could be really good Two more questions, if you Absolutely, don't mind. Absolutely, yep, yep. Um, on the road, is there going to be a follow-up? Are we going to see more? What's uh, what's next in writing for you? Yeah, um, you know, I've had a couple of people ask about, you know, what's next for these characters, um, and uh, and it may be something I come to down the road, either in a short story, another short story for them, um, or possibly in another book. I'm not working on that right now. Mm-hmm. I am working on a... Um, this being a novel in stories, I, I would call this one a more traditional novel, though I don't think it's traditional uh, in, 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 in all ways. Um, it is a story about uh, an all-boys boarding school, about a murder that happens there, and about two kids that are trying to investigate it, kind of paired against 
the story 25 years later of going back to the reunion at that school and uh, and one of the characters, one of the boys who was investigating, dealing with in the present day some of the the legacy of what had happened a quarter century before. Fantastic. Now, uh, where can listeners who are uh, interested in Art Taylor material, where can they find On the Road? Okay, it is available. You know, Amazon probably the easiest place uh, to get it. It was published a couple of years ago. I don't know that you'll find it in bookstores right now. But but uh, if you have an independent bookstore, go there and, if you and have order an it. Independent yeah. bookstore, you can order. Which I was going to say, you know, uh, One More Page Books is uh, is our local bookstore down in Northern Virginia. Uh, one of my favorites, and and they're my go-to place to to get things. Got to um, support the indies. And in terms of reading some of my short fiction, um, you can go to my website, uh, arttaylorwriter.com, and check it out. I have a couple stories that are linked there. Um, one of my stories right now uh, was up for the Agatha Award earlier this year and is actually up for the Anthony McCavity as well and that is available in full on my website so you can read it right now. Excellent. Thank you for your time and uh, looking forward to seeing more of your writing. Oh thank you for having me on here and good luck with your own. Thank you. Take care. Yep.